This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Aaron and Greg and I are going to be talking about winter mountain biking hotspots. So for those who are living in places where there's a lot of snow on the ground this time of year, or even where the trails tend to stay really wet, you're probably thinking right about now, where can I ride that's going to be warm and or dry? So we thought we'd talk about some of our favorite places for finding warm, dry trails. So I wanted to start the discussion by talking about winter mountain biking destinations. These are places that people might fly to visit or drive to and spend a whole weekend at. These are places that, yeah, hopefully hopefully we've already heard about before, but maybe never thought about riding in the wintertime. So what do you guys got for that? Well, I'll start it off. You know, since we live in Georgia, it's usually not that don't really have to think about going somewhere for a winter destination. Actually, in the winter, I usually go and try to find some snow to go snowboarding. So I usually <laughs> go the other way. Um, but we're fortunate enough to be able to ride year-round here in Georgia, and that makes it a great destination for people from all over. You know, we have countless local trail systems in the Atlanta area, but all the trails in North Georgia stay open throughout the year. You may see some snow, but usually... It's, you know, it'll last for maybe a day, maybe get an inch or two. So not much accumulation there. The Pinhoti Trail, you know, a lot of sections of that trail are rocky, so they're going to drain well. The Snake Creek Gap Time Trial, that's a race that's held every winter here in Georgia. It's on the Pinhoti near Dalton, Georgia. And I would actually argue that winter is the best time to ride that section of trail because in the summer, it's overgrown with briars and poison ivy, so you'll you'll get scratched up and uh, you might get poison ivy if you're allergic to it like I am. And uh, snakes are actually a big concern there. In the fall, the trail is covered in leaves, so you can't see the rocks that are underneath the leaves, which makes it really hard to ride. So winter really is the best time to ride that trail. And people come from all over the Midwest to race that uh, every year. I've done it. Uh, It's been, I've been doing it for 12 plus years now, and I think I've done it eight times or something like that. And every year I meet new people from, you know, Ohio and Michigan and other Midwest states that make the drive down to Georgia to race it. Yeah. And I grew up for the most part here in Georgia. And for me, you know, going to the mountains, that was always, you did that to to get cool, right? So in the summer you go to the mountains because it's cooler up there. But Aaron's right. It's actually a much better place to ride in the winter just because that's where the trails are going to be the most dry and it's also, like you said, the trails are just in better shape at that time of year. So definitely big fan of riding in North Georgia in the winter. And less traffic as well. So pretty much, not that that's ever really a big issue in North Georgia, but you get the trails all to yourself. You know, a lot of people that I know from uh, Florida would spend their winters going to North Carolina to go see snow. You know, uh, my wife grew up going to North Carolina because, like, that's where they saw snow. But you can actually do some pretty dang good 
mountain biking even in the mountains of North Carolina during the winter. It's all a matter of perspective. Like uh, I've bumped into plenty of riders in Brevard, which we've talked about Brevard and Pisco a lot, but bumped into plenty of riders there from eastern Canada that were down wintering in North Carolina because while maybe it's snowy compared to Florida, if you compare it to Canada, not so much. So if you're hardy enough to endure maybe a little bit of cold, you know, check the weather, make sure it's not snowing. Uh, even Brevard can have some great riding. Bonus of going to Pisgah in the winter is that certain trails in Pisgah are only open to mountain bikers from like mid to late October to early spring. I want to say sometime in March. Like there's a seasonal only open to mountain bikes seasonally and then other users all the time. So for some of these trails, the only time you can legally ride them is in the winter. So you got to get up there and uh, brave the conditions. But similar climate to North Georgia in that, you know, it could be snowy, but it could also be pretty dang nice. So check the weather before you go. Yeah, that's a good point on the seasonal trails there in Brevard. One of those is Butter Gap near the Fish Hatchery, which is a really fun trail. And I think you can actually ride most of it during the summer, but the issue is there's no way to connect it as a loop, so you'd have to ride it as an out and back, which would be uh, would be a pretty tough ride. And I actually did that one in November, so it's a it's a fun trail. And yeah, as Greg mentioned, I mean, even if it doesn't snow in Pisgah, it can it can be cold, and you're gonna definitely plan on getting wet no matter what time of year you go to Pisgah. You're gonna have to deal with some creek crossings, so proper footwear is key yes uh another southern destination uh, i would recommend is alabama you know our our neighbor to the west here in georgia very similar climate to georgia and there's plenty of riding in central and northeast alabama to make a legitimate trip out of so montesano state park in huntsville alabama which is in the northeastern corner of the state they've got 60 miles of trail there Coldwater Mountain, which I'm sure pretty much everyone has heard about at this point. A lot of our purpose-built flow trails, some backcountry single track, a couple of downhill-esque lines with big tabletops. Uh, a lot of fun, uh, and it's also very rocky, so it drains well. Uh, you don't really have to worry about water or anything there. Uh, they've got about 35 miles of trail in at Coldwater in Anniston. And then Oak Mountain, which is near Birmingham, has well over 20 miles of trail. So all those destinations or all those places, I should say, are, you know, within a couple hour drive of each other. So you could really make a nice long weekend hitting some different spots in Alabama. Yeah, definitely. And lest we forget, there's also Florida. So people from all over the country, all over the world travel to Florida, obviously for the beaches and the theme parks, but there is some good mountain biking there as well. Um, I've gone down a couple of winters to check out some of the mountain biking there. Um, two of the really noteworthy places that you know are really going to give you plenty of mountain biking time are Santos, which is a, a huge mountain bike trail network. Last I heard, there's, I don't know, 60 miles, 100 miles. There's a lot of miles of trails there that you can do um, all kinds. Obviously, it's going to be pretty flat compared to a lot of the mountain destinations that we're talking about here, but... Um, still plenty of pedaling to be done, and there's even like free ride 
type of lines and jump lines and things that they've built up there at Santos. You can camp out, which is nice pretty much year round. It's not going to be too cold to camp out there, which is pretty awesome. And then another place I visited a couple years ago was the Tampa Bay area. Um, we went in February and I rode at Alafaya State Park and also Balm Boyette. And just to give you a picture of what this was like, this is February, which here in Georgia is still pretty cold. It's usually overcast. The high is maybe in like the low 40s for the day. You know, at night, obviously it's freezing. So we go down to Florida and this is February still. There are like strawberry fields surrounding the trail system that you're riding. You can smell the sweet strawberries in the field wafting over the trail. It's, it's amazing. You're riding in shorts and t-shirt and, you <laughs> wow. know, there's tons of people out riding the trails. It's it's really like going to another planet or something, you know. It's as if you're able to like go from the non-mountain biking season to the mountain biking season, you know, all with like a short drive, at least by, you know, our standards here from Georgia. So yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. The trails are a lot of fun. I mean, I, w- I would get bored if I lived there, for example, and I had to ride those trails all the time. But as a break from winter, it's pretty amazing. So I highly recommend going down there and checking it out at least once. I'll actually be heading to Florida next month. So early February for the hurricane, which is a 330 miles self-supported bikepacking race through central Florida. It starts in finishes at Santos. So that will actually be my first uh, first time riding in Florida. So looking forward to it. Yeah. What's the weather supposed to be like that time of year? Kind of lows in the, I think the low 40s and highs could be anywhere from the 50s to the 70s. So pretty mild, but kind of need to be prepared for a variety of conditions. So if you want to hear more about these destinations, Jeff wrote an excellent article on the website called The Northerner's Guide to Southern Single Track. So if you want to hit the southeast, that is the guide that you should definitely check out. Um, But obviously, there's a lot of stuff to the west, too. So as we head further west, one destination that didn't make it into any of our articles, but has gotten a ton of press this year is Arkansas, riding in the Ozarks and the Wichita's, like the mountains of Arkansas. You know, Imba just held their world summit in Bentonville, and the riding is expanding rapidly in Bentonville. Um, and in, based on the research I've done, the climate and sort of the weather in the mountains in northwest Arkansas seems to be pretty similar to like what you'll find in, you know, North Georgia and North Carolina during the winter. So it could be great. It could possibly be pouring rain and snowing, or it could be awesome. Um, I personally have a trip planned to uh, Bentonville area for like mid-March. So that's depending on who you are, that could still be winter. So yeah, I think that's a possibly a great winter destination that we haven't given much press to. But as we head further west, you know, the Ticket is to go to the desert. And as a companion to Jeff's article, I wrote an article called The Nine Best Winter Mountain Biking Destinations in the Southwest. And that will have a bunch more information if you want more. So there's a bunch of great destinations in the desert Southwest that might not be great during the summer just because it's so dang hot. One of those destinations is Sedona, Arizona. It's a pretty popular like wintering mountain bike destination. It's you know, common for you to see pros like training in Sedona, um, partially because it's super warm, but also because like Sedona is objectively one of the best destinations in the nation. You know, we put it on our top 10 list 
because it's just home to excellent single track. Top trails you should hit in Sedona uh, include Hangover, Highline, and the Hogs, um, the three H's, but they just keep building more trail too. So that's a classic winter destination. I'll run through a few more desert destinations quickly. You know, we've talked a lot about Moab before. We've even done a podcast about Moab. So check that out for more info. Moab is, can actually be a great winter destination, but since it's like further north in Sedona, it can be a bit bipolar. You know, it could be nice and warm or it could, the bottom could drop out in the temperature. They only get an average of 10 inches of snow a year in Moab, but if you get hit with those 10 inches while you're there, you're not so great. The other thing to know about Moab is like, the whole enchilada is probably now the most famous trail in Moab, but that's not accessible during the winter. Maybe the very lower stretches of it, but generally if you go to Moab in the winter, you're sticking to the lower desert trails like Porcupine Rim, Captain Ahab, Slick Rock, and the like. But again, if you want more reliable you know, weather, sort of head further south into the desert and it keeps getting warmer. Hurricane in St. George, Utah, they get a Three inches of snow on average, and they have excellent trails like Gooseberry Mesa, Guacamole Mesa, and the like, close to Zion National Park. And let's just run through a few more quickly. So we've got Albuquerque, New Mexico. We chose that as a top 10 mountain biking city with excellent trails like White Mesa, Foothills Trails, tons of riding to be done there. But again, there's some popular high elevation trails like the 10K Trail that you can't ride. Phoenix, Arizona, again, another top 10 mountain bike city on one of our lists, and they get zero inches of snow. So that's always a good choice for you, including the trails on South Mountain. The furthest south destination on our list is Tucson, Arizona. So when in doubt, you know, head to Tucson. Like it's possible Sedona could get some snow, but you head down to Tucson, which is an hour from the Mexican border, gets one inches of snow per year on average. I mean, it's a pretty dang safe bet. They've got great trails like the 50-Year Trail, Sweetwater Preserve, Fantasy Island, Arizona Trail. I mean, there's a ton of riding in Tucson. And last but not least, Las Vegas. You know, we fly to Vegas every September for Interbike, and it's always blazing hot. But if you were to go like in January, it could be a pretty friggin' rad place. From Bootleg Canyon to Blue Diamond and Badger's Pass, lots of great riding to be had there. So that's a pretty brief overview, but that's like the desert Southwest and some of the best destinations you can find. Yeah, Greg, you mentioned a number of different Southwest destinations. So yeah, I would almost kind of group them into first you got, you got the desert ones, which are like you said, the safe bets. And a lot of those are places that I wouldn't go any other time of year, but winter. So yeah, like you said, Phoenix and Tucson are great. Uh, Las Vegas as well. And then there are others like Albuquerque where it's kind of similar to a lot of the front range cities in Colorado, actually. So, you know, you might think Colorado is cold and mountains and skiing, but a lot of the cities within Colorado, particularly I'm thinking Colorado Springs and Denver, there isn't a lot of snow on the ground most of the year. So you could actually go into one of those cities and find plenty of dry trails. So I don't think people necessarily need to limit themselves to thinking about necessarily Places that are far south, big part of it is just finding places where it's dry. And I think the front range fits that bill for a lot of people. But then moving outside of the desert southwest, obviously when you get to the west coast in California, that's another place that people tend to think of as having excellent year-round riding opportunities. So what about 
places along, say, the California coast? A pretty popular spot on the California coast is Laguna Beach, California. And, you know, it's known for surfing and the beach itself, but there's some pretty dang good riding there, um, especially at Aliso and Wood Canyons and the Laguna Coast Wilderness Park. Um, and some pro riders like Brian Lopes and Hans Ray live there full time, but it's a great winter training spot for a bunch of folks in California. But you're also pretty dang close to all the stuff in the LA area, which, you know, stays pretty mild. So things like the Luge, Whiting Ranch, Mount Low, a lot of great trails in that zone to be explored. And on top of that, uh, another big one is San Jose area and basically like the whole peninsula, like in the Bay Area. So that sort of includes like San Jose and Santa Cruz, like that whole zone has a bunch of trails in it. And while they stay like snow free, they can get really wet during the winter with storms rolling off the Pacific. You've got these big storm fronts moving through, they'll drop rain on Santa Cruz and San Jose and then snow up in the Sierras. So definitely need to keep an eye on the weather there. But top trails include Demo Forest um, between San Jose and Santa Cruz, the UCSC trails, which are on the UC campus in Santa Cruz, and then El Corte de Madera is another big trail system sort of inland on the peninsula. You know, and again, that's California, and there's a lot of bike industry based there, and for good reason, because you can ride your mountain bikes all year round, which makes for a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I could definitely use some of that California sunshine right now. All right, so moving beyond sort of the geographic hotspots for winter riding, what are some more unconventional winter mountain bike destinations? Yeah, so Chris wrote a great article called Nine Great North American Indoor Mountain Bike Parks. And he wrote that back in January. And I actually just reshared that on Facebook this December. And then uh, our readers informed us that like most of the the parks on that list are like now closed, unfortunately, um, including Ray's in Milwaukee. So Ray's main hub in Cleveland. Um, and then they did one in Milwaukee, but apparently that one is since shut down since January, plus several of the others like in the Northwest, including Cranks. And I believe the one in Bellingham, like also shut down or transitioned to something else. So it sounds like maybe that business model isn't super viable for mountain bikers. Like they want to get outside and actually ride on dirt. Um, it's just interesting to me to see how much has changed in like less than 12 months since that article was published. Yeah, it seems like on paper it's a good idea that if you can't ride outside, then you can ride inside. But like you said, it's not really a substitute at all. It's a, a lot different. It's more park style riding or, you know, maybe closer to BMX in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, that just hasn't really taken off that much, but yeah, it seems like Ray has maybe even moved on himself. Uh, supposedly he's helping build a lot of the things that you're seeing at Santos in Florida. So maybe he's seen the light as well in terms of what you should do if, if you can't ride outside in the winter time, maybe you should just move to Florida. No, don't do that. (laughs) No, it's gotta be, it's gotta be tough to make it as a, indoor bike park i mean especially if you're going just after the the bike market and you kind of have to because you can while you can ride uh, you can ride a bike in a skate park it's harder to skate in a bike park i suppose the you know the ramps and stuff have to are built differently obviously because you know very different wheel sizes and different needs for the different types of activities so i can see and you need a lot of space too so you got to have 
gotta have a big warehouse or something to have everything in so and then build it so that's a lot of heat yeah (laughs) no you ride to stay warm that's what you do there I know there is the the lumber yard in Portland, which is an indoor bike park, and they seem to be still going strong and expanding as well. So that's good, especially because in Portland it's raining all the time in the winter. Then you have the Mega Cavern in Louisville, which mm. is an underground bike park, uh, lots of dirt jumps and stuff like that. Literally, 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 literally <laughs> underground. Yeah, not underground like you know Fight Club. Underground like beneath the earth. So, yeah, that's something. And then, you know, the streets. The streets are always open. So if you can't make it out to your trails, if they're all mushy and wet and nasty, just go ride off a loading dock and you don't need a special bike to do it. Just take your own and work on little skills and stuff like that. You know, ride on curbs, practice your skinnies, that kind of thing. Or go do trail work. I've been doing a lot of that this winter, which has been very rewarding to put in some hours on the trail and fix things up and yeah so i suggest that if if you want to get outside but it's too crappy to ride yeah and if you're super baller you can head to the southern hemisphere (laughs) so for those who hadn't considered it it's actually summer right now in the southern hemisphere so you know places like new zealand and australia would be very choice this time of year south Um, america south america as well uh, you know, a lot of those places, it's not as easy as going to Florida, for example, to go down there, obviously with the travel, but um, just finding the right trails and things. You know, if you're going to do that, you're typically going to want to book with like a tour company or at least have a, you know, really solid local contact uh, to make that happen. But, you know, there's even, there are trails everywhere, you know, let's put it that way. So if you can think of a place, uh, that has good weather right now, a place you'd want to be, you could take your bike there and you could ride, you know, maybe not the Bahamas or somewhere like that, but, <laughs> but, you know, South Africa, I'm sure would be a, a good place to go. Um, but yeah, just think outside the box and there's, there's plenty of mountain bike destinations out there. If we have European listeners on here, um, I learned in Spain that when I was in Spain earlier this year, that the southern coast of Spain, like right on the uh, Mediterranean, is one of the most popular like winter training spots for uh, European pros. Uh, I believe Malaga, but basically as far south in Spain as you can get. You know, it's pretty dang close to the equator there, right? Because the equator runs through North Africa, and Spain is just across uh, the straits there. So that stays pretty mild and is pretty easy access for Europeans. So. Um, that's a great winter spot um, without having to go all the way south, I guess. Right on. Cool. Well, this has been fun discussing winter riding hot spots. I'm already feeling a little bit warm myself just thinking about it. Be sure to check out all the articles that we mentioned, which we'll have linked in the show notes as well. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Peace. <laughs>